Welcome. You are listening to the Great Brook Podcast. Each week, Maura Snow and Tanya Middleton discuss issues in the workplace and take a page out of their personal life experiences to discuss potential solutions. Hello, Tanya. It's good to see you again back on our podcast. Same to you, Maura. Good to see you today. How are you? I'm doing well. Spring is in the air. It's been went out for a nice hike this morning with Doug, so that was good. Is it warm out there in St. Louis? No, we have yeah. rain. Oh, I'm sorry. So. We had rain the other night, but but yeah. we're good now. But well, pleasantries aside, yes. um, I've been excited about the topic of allyship ever since I heard you were doing a presentation on that. Right, that was last week. Yes, in one of the biotech companies. Really mm-hmm. exciting. Um, to see you starting to get that kind of traction in the industry and people reaching out to say, Tanya, what's been, been your experience? And, and so as you and I were talking about allyship in general, I was gonna kick out, with, kick out, kick off, I guess, with my white lady's overview of allyship and how that works for me, and then juxtapose that with the, the kind of things that, that you've been sharing. That sounds really good, Maura. I would love to hear your perception and perspective in regards to allyship and how you've experienced it or witnessed it. So I'm listening. Well, my perspective just very recently, I had a woman of color be an ally for me, which I really appreciated. I mean, when I think of allyship, I feel like we all have to be there for one another. And I am active in our town's work uh, for LGBTQIA plus type initiatives. And I have an issue with the way our town does not decorate for Pride Month. I want more flags, I want decorations, and I need the select board to change some of their policies. And I've been lobbying and lobbying the select board. I said, maybe have a listening session, talk to the people in town who are in the LGBTQ community or are allies of that community. And they said, oh, well, you need to talk to the diversity committee and they'll listen to you. I was like, okay. So I talked to the diversity committee, told them my situation, and they said, what? No, the select board needs to listen to you, but here's what we're going to do. We will organize a listening session for the community to come talk to us and the select board. So the diversity committee and the select board will all be on the stage at once and community members are all going to come in uh, and talk. And I felt so supported. I felt like um, someone heard me on this. Uh, Sharice from the diversity committee you know, reached out and said, Maura, we are so happy to help you with this. This is exactly why we were formed. It felt wonderful. I felt like, oh, not only does someone hear me, but they are stepping up and taking action that will help to resolve the very thing that I'm worried about. And so that was just a great example for me of how wonderful it feels to have someone step up as an ally, to not just hear you, but to hear you and then act. So that was my first thought on allyship was that Sharice from the diversity committee had been an ally to me. And then I just thought of times where for me, being an ally seems like, I mean, I'm a pretty friendly person, so I like to gather people around and, and be friendly with everyone and be an ally, you know, wherever I can for whoever I can, but just so much awareness of being an ally for people of color. And so 
I try more intentionally to do that and then I worry am I just doing this so people will think like like I'm doing it as a performance am I just <laughs> pretending to be an ally you know and and I don't think I am because I really feel like I genuinely do care um, but that came up and then as you know, Cherise sent me that article that I sent you, which talked about the difference between genuinely being an ally for someone and just being an ally for performance purposes and, and not be, you know, it's because you're trying to look, look good somehow as opposed to just, no, let's just do some good in the world because the world needs some good. So those are the thoughts initially swimming about in my brain. I didn't know where you wanted to take it from there, or I could talk more about times I've tried to be an ally, or? Well, you know, I think you're on track. And to be honest, I will have to say that you have kind of demonstrated and spoken in a manner that is common or traditional for most, let's say, privileged folks in the workplace. Got you. Um, but things are changing now. Yeah. And in the changes that are coming, uh, we have to look at allyship a little more different. So mm -hmm. I'm going to try to explain some of those differences of now versus the way things were. All right. Nice. Now, first thing I want to do is let's talk about what is allyship. Yeah. Okay. Allyship is actually defined as an English language neolism used in contemporary social justice activism to describe efforts by members of a privileged in-group to advance the interests of marginalized groups, both in society at large and within particular social contexts, such as universities or workplace. Mm. Now, when I break that down, some of the things that are kind of like that sticks out is efforts of a privileged in-group to advance the interests of marginalized groups. Mm -hmm. Now, for me, what is happening now is we have allyship, and I understand what you're saying, that we all need them. Just look at what's happening in the world today with the war in Ukraine, right? U.S. being an ally country and how we support their efforts over there to um, gain back control over their country and rid it of those things that it doesn't, or that doesn't serve it well, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of the same thing that we need in a workplace, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You need either the employer, other employees, colleagues to support each other at work as well, especially for those who are marginalized, underrepresented, or could possibly be going through unfair circumstances within the workplaces. So when I see Ally, I've been looking at some things. And recently it says Ally is a verb, not mm. a noun. Yeah. That's that is very important. It. Yeah. Because for so long, we looked at it as a thing, right? Something. Mm. But it's more yeah. than that. A verb means action. A verb means that we have to do something also with our allyship. It doesn't mean that we just, hey, I'm an ally. 
Mm. I'm a champion. I wear a little button on my shirt that says ally. I'm an upstander. Yeah. Um, and maybe we, me and you will go through some of the specific allies out there. Mm -hmm. But the main thing is that we have to start putting action behind being allies. And what does that look like in the workplace? Because that's what we're really talking about, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And what it really looks like is, is true support. Uh -huh. This is not just, I hear you, I'm listening to what you're saying, but I don't take the steps or initiate action that will actually resolve a problem or bring a solution to matters that are challenging our workplace. Now, this is not just about, you know, as you say, race, color. This is a... Uh, it happens to many groups. However, just like the article you just sent me, where it speaks of women of color and a lot of the challenges that they face in the workplace, I really think we need to also bring a lot of focus in that area. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't want to mm -hmm. bundle it up into just everybody need allies. This yeah. is where I say that typical privileged white yes. thought comes from mm -hmm. because it's as if well you know not like black lives matter all lives matter mm, yeah but let's be real what's happening in the workplace are we really focusing on all lives if we were we would not be having these issues yeah <laughs> Totally true. And I like the way you're focusing, too, on marginalized and privileged as well to get that rolling. Because, you, I mean, I, I know who's marginalized and who isn't. We, we can tell. It's maybe not something that, that we want to say out loud, but, it, it, but you, you know. Jeff, a quick example, outside of the workplace, as you know, we were going to have a a guest today, uh, Vivian Birchall, from, she's originally from Uganda, but she's a naturalized U.S. citizen running for office. I was doing some work with her mom, who also lives here, and her mom makes beautiful crafts projects. And I had found this uh, Black and Brown Voices Crafts Fair, and I had said to my son, Pat, oh, let's go to this fair. And Pat said, let's take it up a notch. Why don't you suggest that Prossy, who is Vivian's mom, show her stuff at the fair? Like, okay, well, Prossy, maybe you'd show your stuff at the fair. Well, here's the thing. From my place of privilege, that's easy enough to say. And she was hesitant, and I thought, oh. I said, Prossy, do you need, like, a table? Because I have some extra tables to put your stuff on to show. She said, oh, that would really help. And then I said, and maybe, like, we have $100 in cash so that we can make change. That, and I started using we. I said, Prossy, what do you think? What makes you the most comfortable to do this? Because I love the craft work that you do and would love to see you be able to, to share it at this. And she said, well, and, and this was good because she spoke up. She said, what I would really love is if you would come and help me. And so not only did I use my table, for me, it was easy enough to just say, okay, I can bring $100 quickly in, you know, very ones and fives and twenties and, and such so that we can make change for the people. Um, it's not as easy for Prossy to just grab an extra $100 and come. I mean, at the end of the day, of course I got my $100 back, but just the idea of take another step, take the next step 
for me, but do it in a way that totally respects the, the marvelous artisan work that she does that people were able to buy and we actually spent a, a better part of a day. Just uh, She sold crafts and I ran the cash box. Right, okay. And so and that is somewhat in some of allyship, right? right? And I do agree that, you know, there's still a discussion around even say African descendants are those who may have immigrated right. to the U.S. Yes. Yep. from either, you know, Africa, con the continent, countries of Uganda, Nigeria, Kenya, just the different places, right? But then you also have the dynamics of the African-Americans in the U.S. or what some may call ADOS, African descendants of slaves. Okay, so there is still that dynamic in which we still need to find a way to ally and support each other um, here in the U.S. I think we'll take that discussion further, especially with Vivian, because I think she and I both have some understanding in that. But if we get back to allyship and where we really want to go with that and what that really means and the breakdown of that, in regards to privilege, you know, marginalized, the underrepresented groups. Um, I think we should first focus back in it, what brings us here, right? Mm, yeah. Diversity, equity, yep. Yep. inclusion, mm -hmm. and belonging. Yeah. Right? If we don't foster that dynamic first, allyship really doesn't even exist. We have to look at diversity in its wholeness. And from there, we can break down how we then become and be the allies within the organizations. So someone just recently asked me, they was like, well, what is diversity or what is DEIB? Um, and you know, why does it matter? You know, and not just the DEI be being diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, but also what is it and why does it matter? And I, besides why it matters to represent everybody out there, I also had to come to a good definition of where I was able to find that it matters because we're in a new place right now mm -hmm. in the world. Yeah. You know, just think about after not only George Floyd, right. there's just been so many circumstances, oh, yeah. the pandemic. So basically we're behind a, like a racial reckoning and a pandemic and we're trying to get back to work. And how do we do that? So diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging matters because the workplace is no longer the way it was pre-pandemic, pre-2020, and as it is today. So in order for us to kind of flush out some of that old stuff, you know, I just think we're at a point where we have to really build actionable programs, plans, uh, leadership, messaging, uh, and just so much more, especially when it comes to breaking down allyship. Yeah. 
So I'm going to let you go ahead and talk more about the article that you received that you sent me because it also talks about some ways that we can have discussions, good discussions in the workplace because that's what we really need, right? Yeah. Yeah. We have to start talking about it. Yeah. And this one from the Harvard Business Review, the one that we've been talking back and forth on, was specifically with regard to women of color so that if I'm in a meeting uh, even with you or someone who's a woman of color and their ideas are being talked over, I step up and say, hey, wait a minute, Tanya was just saying three things about that and I know she's done work in this area. Tanya, what do you think? So that I'm actively being an ally, making sure that those things don't happen and being aware, but not just the being aware. It's like you say, making allyship a verb so that I'm mm-hmm. not only seeing and saying, oh, that's bad, but rather seeing and stepping in to say something, to make sure that you're not being trampled, to be aware of, of what is happening and to use what influence I have in a way that is promoting you and who you are and your humanity, not me trying to look like a hero. Because I think that's the thing that people, when we talk about the performative space, right? It's, Correct. It's not about a person of privilege uh, performing a good deed. It's about recognizing the good that's there and just making sure that, that it is recognized. Right. That at least, so that's what I was pulling from the article was that, that two-pronged approach, which is be an ally and then get out of the way. Uh, you know, let, let Tanya do her job. Um, well, well, yes and no, because okay. it's all right. I remember being an ally is action. Yeah. So you can't just get out the way. No, that is true. part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let me read two paragraphs okay. from the Harvard Business Review all right. article that you sent me. Uh, the name of the article is What Does It Mean to Be a True Ally to Women of Color? Now, there was this one spot I wanted to, for many of us, our greatest opportunities for allyship arise in the workplace. Research shows that it is one of the main and sometimes only contexts in which we are brought to face to face with a diverse range of voices. Okay, so what better way to show up as an ally than to advocate for change within the space you spend most of your life in your time, right? Mm-hmm. So now it says while allyship is needed across power differentials, women of color face some of the most notable disadvantages in the workplace. So here is why the truth is that being an ally isn't just about the label. Mm-hmm. It's about showing up, yeah. centering, impacted communities and working in thoughtful, sustained ways to affect systemic change. Because as we can see, as we know, and definitely as I have witnessed, it's bigger than just me. It's a system of policies in place that needs to be changed. It's also some of the norms that's been practiced yeah. In the big boy world mm-hmm. that we have to do away with. Yeah. It's more than just saying, hey, Tanya could do it 
and let me get out the way, I also have to make a way for Tanya to also get it done. Right? I also have to make a way that not only as Tanya gets it done and do her job, I'm not only supporting her, I'm also opening the way in the past for others to still join in and we all kind of, you know, affect change. Yes. Because one yeah. person can't do it. Right. It takes us all. Yeah. So more right? than just saying, here's, Tanya's got the idea, let her run with it. And then after the meeting say, okay, Tanya, what help do you need as you run with this? Or I've got some people on my staff who might could back you up as you work with these things. What more can I do? It's more than just the saying of the thing aloud. It's also... Uh, you know, I have a friend who sat on a board recently where there were no black people on the board, no people of color in the company, and she kept saying, let's change that. We need people of color on this board. We need people of color in the company. We need black artists going on. It was an, an arts organization. And uh, she actually was asked to leave the board for, I mean, other reasons, but just her experience of that, she felt like to be an ally, she needed to stand up and say, where are the black people? Why are they not here? And what can we do to bring them here? So even before there's somebody in the room, making sure that there's a, a space in the room, mm -hmm. that the room is open, I guess. And that's part of what, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging is, right? right, right. It's, it's basically making sure that everybody is a part or has a seat at the table. And not only do I have a seat at the table, I also get a slice of the pie, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not so, only that, someone finds out what kind of pie you like and makes sure that's available. Right, that my um, flavor is mm -hmm. served yeah. as well. <laughs> and we don't want to get started on pie again. You got the refrigerator lemon pie. I'm all about the peach pie. Yeah. But yeah. No, it is. So what, what can we do? do what what sort of things now i didn't you have a pretty good experience with um one of the larger pharma companies where you worked where you did feel very welcome and included what kind of things did they do that left you feeling like hey they recognize i'm here i would definitely say that one of the things that happen in both like big pharma small pharma and a lot of it is just about the people you encounter because i would also say in um meeting you um, in Big Pharma, I did have a representative there that constantly looked out for me. Nice. She recognized my skills, my abilities, mm -hmm. but realized that I was not being given the opportunities that should have been afforded to me. Um, she, in being in the background, probably knew more than I did in regards to why, uh, but she didn't let that stop her from placing me where she felt I needed to be. So she constantly advocated, pushed, championed, supported everything that she felt like I should be a part of. Yeah, She would nice. open the door for it. She would take the yes. lead yeah. so that she can call me in yep. to do what was necessary to do the work. Yeah. So if it meant her volunteering to say, I'll cover this particular event, knowing that she would have a Tanya Middleton, a black woman, 
with a lot of skills, but who have mm -hmm. not been given the same opportunities as some of the privileged white colleagues. Um, she said, no, I want her here. And every door she could open, she opened. She allowed me to come through. And she stood in the background where necessary or in the front ground where necessary to make sure that I was the person that received the opportunities. Yeah. You were the uh, same as yeah. when I met you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because human resources is not my primary, uh, let's say, knowledge base. Right. Right. <laughs> However, much of what I've done. I mean, from since working, right. I can in talking definitely with say, you, yeah, I feel like you do HR by default. Yeah. I, there yeah. is that about you that people are comfortable and they come to you and mm -hmm. they share mm -hmm. their concerns and you don't just step away from them and say, oh, gee, that's too bad. You help them find resolution, right. which is kind of what HR does. And, and there you are doing it. Yes, yeah. I mean, I've, I've written resumes for folks. I've, yep. I mean, being that I braided hair as a young girl and I know mm -hmm. that to get a job, you know, you have to look professional. I've dressed women up, set them up, fix up their resumes. I have literally went to a job interview with a friend, sat there by her, took the test and got her a job. Now, I got the job, too, and I really wasn't trying, <laughs> but I got the job, what? too. Yeah. I did. Yeah. But it was a great experience because that just basically is the person that I am, you know, and you recognize that, too, when we met at the small pharma company, right? right? Yes. Challenges yeah. were happening there. I expressed my not only concern, but my desire to be in a space where I can affect change for those underrepresented and also to for visibility, right? To put myself out there to show that we are here. It's not always, we don't get it as easy as others, right? but we're here. And as long as I keep showing up, I know then I can get the next one to show up and the next one to show up. And so that's kind of the platform and approach I'm taking now. Yeah, I love how that has been working out because you and I reconnected when I started switching my business around for a pandemic and mm -hmm. we were able to get you some training to do the insights training that I do. We've been co-facilitating, but that whole piece has been with love for the company Great Brook Leadership to offer some DEI offerings and I've been putting your name out there and uh, sure enough, last, last week was a paying gig for you to do the DEI work. So. We're getting there. I will say it's taken longer than I had hoped, but we're getting there. We're hammering away and, and finding our way through. So what Well, you have to know that a long, that the delay, and I don't really call it a delay. I think we're right on time. Uh, folks are just getting back to work and some of it is not going to be something that we could do remote. In a remote setting, do I really have to interact in a way that I need to be open and receptive to everybody. It's a little different. It's yeah. a little different dynamic, right. you know. Yeah. No, so right. remote kind of, you know, it's very good when it comes to like the 
introversion versus extroversion. Sure. Yes. Okay. So we have to reach everybody and being that we can now get into the workplace, we can finally get there with our DEIB initiatives and programs and deliver the content that's necessary. Now, I do want to say in regards to where we are now, I definitely see that this is a great opportunity, not only for Great Brook leadership to expand in the area of diversity, but I really say that discussing the allyship program is being received very well. Good. Because it demonstrates where we all can be a part of this change. Yes. Yeah. You know, uh, like you and I talked about, the onus should not fall on HR. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. HR kind of sits in a conflicted position. I mean, you work for the company, you work for the employees, but you really can't advocate, advocate or ally for them in a true unjust way. Yes. Yeah, it's hard because if I'm HR, I, I, my, my, my obligation is to the company that hired me. And yes, I do want there to be harmony and diversity and belonging and all the rest of it. But I can't make that happen. It has to be the people one-on-one -on -one working together and being willing to do the stepping up, but also to have the kind of conversations where we're having, where we're talking about privilege, where you're able to say, well, you know, more. that sounds a little like a white privilege response, and I'm able to say, tell me more, uh, you know, as opposed to not, oh, you, you can't say that, because I think we get into that, and more and more people are thinking, uh, yeah, I do come from a place of privilege and doors being open to me that I'm walking through a doorway and I didn't even know there was a door there, and if, if you try to walk through that same door, it might actually be closed in your face. But if you and I walk through that door together, arm in arm, then it's saying to the world, we both belong walking through here. This is, this is Tanya's door as well as my door, even though I didn't even know there was a door. I mean, that sort of thing. But I think for, it, it's anytime we do it, it's, and like I said, it took longer, longer. You know me, I want everything to happen yesterday. So everything takes too long, but it doesn't, but there's also the idea of it's a little more work that we all need to step up to. If I'm not quite getting it, you're stepping up to say, well, let me try to explain this to you differently. Or if I've stepped in, just kind of like with the example of help Prossy sell her things, well, yeah, but she has no experience of an American craft fair, and I do. And so if it's important to me that her good products be out there, then I have to do more than just say, hey, here's a good idea, go do it. Um, I have to turn up with her and help her, you know, because she's a friend. And so it, it's just, it's a little bit more. It's taking the extra step because it needs to be done, because it's It has fun. to be. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it has to be. And I think a lot of it is also with our self-awareness, right? Yeah. So this is why I believe that insights, you know, allyship, diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, kind of all work together. And it's something that has to be driven outside of just one group or entity. So this is why I feel like HR cannot, HR cannot really support this initiative. Well, but um, I would say the HR can call you 
and hire you to explain about allyship and give people the tools. And then if In people that step sense, up and yes. use the tools, that's up to the individual. But to have the tools, the awareness, the self-awareness, and the knowledge of what is going on out there. And I know there's all different kinds of allyship, but all of them require just a certain stepping up, being aware. What's going on in me? What's going on around me? And how can I step in and say something just like that person who you worked with previously who was always looking out for you and finding ways to put you forward and put all of that in? And like I said, because as I just spoke on this in my recent company, one of the things that I also talked about was our biases, right? Because we all have them. And because we all have biases, it doesn't even matter whether you're black, white, gay, straight, religious, non-religious. We all have biases. And our biases are often what prevents others from getting or moving forward sometimes. We can hold people back, you know, and HR may not see that. Because oftentimes those things happen where? Right on the floor, right in the crust of what's happening in the workplace. So this is why not only allies, but champions have to be on duty at all times. Because I have to witness it to kind of really to understand it. And then once I understand it and I've witnessed it, now I can do something about it. Right. Yeah. You know, and oftentimes it takes you to be right there. And this is why I support the ally, but it's being called more now championship program because we need to focus on the action that's necessary. And as we do that, yes, ally is a verb. Ally is a verb. And you have to be, on your guard all the time because there may be things that I flat out don't see bias blindness whatever it is a lot of extra work for you but sometimes I need you to say hey Maura you know did you see this and it might have sailed right over my head I might not have seen it I had a thing happen in an airport way before the pandemic I was online to buy some food and ahead of me were two black ladies uh, and they were saying to the guy, they said, you know what? We bought this food with the vouchers that the airplane gave us because their flight was delayed or whatever it was. And, and they said, the food is cold and it's all congealed. And I looked at their food and it was yucky. And, but, you know, they were in line in front of me. And the guy just said, uh, no English, no English. And like he couldn't understand them. They said, we just want to get our vouchers back. We can't eat this food. And I was agreeing. I wouldn't eat that food either. But he's dismissing them. And I'm like, something's going on here I wonder just what it is so they left they were like a ways over there I came up I'm buying my food and I notice actually that man speaks English really quite well and he's taking my money we're doing our transaction his cash drawer flew open and I just had a look and I said oh, I see the vouchers do you see those two vouchers hey ladies he found the vouchers look he found them oh that's so great there they were right there in your cash drawer that's what they wanted and I did that loud and in front of everybody. And don't you know, he had to give them their vouchers and they took it to some other food vendor, I guess. I mean, but, you know, it's like, oh my, I have to step up and I have to step up now. I can't just sit back and say, oh, the state of the world, look at this evil man. I got to take the next step, which is to say, give them their vouchers. 
Yeah. And that's yeah. pretty much what Allah is. Yeah. I mean, in a sense, we have to be able to be the one that, hey, make the noise. Exactly. Say yep. something. Yep. Don't yep. just observe it, see it, and be like, well, can you? Um, yeah. No. No, we got to take the action. Make, make, take yeah. the action. Yep. Make a scene if necessary. <laughs> well, and speaking of taking action, our producer is waving at me. Uh, so I think we're at a point to, to wrap up. But this has been a great discussion, Tanya, and I'm looking forward to seeing you do many more of these presentations for many more companies, just talking about allyship. And, and we'll get our guest from Uganda in here eventually when, when she's feeling better and other guests. And let's just keep this conversation going. Yes, and I, we, I definitely want to keep not only the allyship uh, conversation going, just various ones. Um, as we were talking, there was a couple of things, <laughs> Mara, that yes. I had noticed. Okay. And I was like, so like you and I were talking and you said, uh, no, I think we was talking about the order of how we wanted to end some of these uh, podcasts. Oh, yes. And so you made the comment, well, I don't want it to be negative when I talked about microaggressions. Oh, yes. yes, that's right. With microaggressions. We have to also discuss those things. Yes. Yeah. Because they're still happening. So I do want us to get into that. Um, this is where also as an ally and just as a underrepresented person, I need everybody to understand that this is not anything to discuss. It's not negative. We need to start discussing these things so we can get rid of them right be aware. so even as that yeah so even as an ally even knowing that these things are possible microaggressions i need to speak on them too so we'll talk further in another upcoming episode no, I, of I some like specific you know microaggressions i do want to talk more on specific allies uh the different ones that's out there uh identifying which one you may be you know but that will be to come in a uh, future episode follow-up session all right hi i'm maura snow my co-host tanya middleton and i would like to thank you for listening to this episode of the great brook podcast our producer and editor is kareem joseph Special thank you to Acton TV for use of their studio located in Acton, Massachusetts. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check us out on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at Great Brook Podcast.